Welcome, everybody, to the Roost Podcast for another episode with me, your host, Sean Pitcher. Today's guest we have on Allison Maurer. She's the Associate Athletics Director of Student Health Wellness at Knoxville Catholic High School in Tennessee. Allison, really appreciate you coming on today. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Sean. Um, the question I start with every single person that comes on this podcast um, that I always like to see and know is, what is your roots? Who is Allison? Man, how far back do we want to go? Okay, so um, originally I'm from Michigan, so I've been in Knoxville here for, gosh, 17 years almost, which is crazy, to think. I think. Yeah, 16 years, almost 16 years. Um, but yeah, so did my undergraduate degree at Olivet Nazarene University. It's a little NAI school about an hour south of Chicago, grad school at Georgia State. Uh, my first job was at um, the University of Colorado in Boulder. Um, and so that was in 2004 and there I was an assistant strength and conditioning coach and the sports dietitian. And so back then there really wasn't, you know, sports nutrition, it didn't really exist. And so, um, so yeah, so kind of got to start that program. I was there from 04 to 07, didn't really know what I was doing in the weight room at all. But part of taking that job was, hey, we want to try this whole nutrition thing, but we need a strength coach. Would you be willing to do both? And I said, sure, why not? So, um, so yeah, so did that 2004 to 2007 and then went to the University of Tennessee from 07 to 2016, where I did just nutrition and then took a little bit, took about what, seven, eight months where I just try to figure out what I wanted to be when I grew up <laughs> and then ended up with the Pittsburgh Pirates, uh, did that major league baseball for five years. And then, um, now I'm at the high school. So how did, how did having a dual background help you? Um, you know, I have a little, a similar story myself, you know, I was, I did an undergrad in dietetics nutrition, but got to the point where I was looking for internships, fellowships, opportunities. Um, and even during that time, which I don't feel like it's too long ago. Um, there wasn't a ton of opportunities still then open and available. So I also had to go that strength and conditioning route, probably the first, I think it was like three years um, okay. after getting out of, out of school. Um, and then I, I was able to get some opportunities at like um, Mizzou and Ole Miss to, to basically kind of as a start plug to pick me up to be able to go into sports nutrition. But um, from your perspective, how does that benefit knowing both of those spaces? So back then it was pretty important because like I said, nutrition wasn't really a thing. Sports nutrition wasn't. So you had to, you almost had to have two roles or be able to play two roles um, just because, and back then we weren't feeding athletes all the time. So it was like, you do some one-on-ones and team talks, but there was, I mean, you take kids to the grocery store, but there was like they didn't have a lot of money. And so you're just like giving suggestions. You couldn't provide any food for them. So it was just, your hands were tied. So it it really was a lot slower paced than it is now. Um, so yeah. And, you know, like I said, I didn't know anything about the weight room when I started. And so my nutrition, my, my degrees in nutrition and dietetics, my master's is in nutrition. I mean, looking back now, had I known that was the route I would have to take, I would have got my master's in exercise science, but I just, I didn't know that's what, how things were going to play out. So, but I, I think it's now, I think it's important if you want to do both. I don't think you need to have a CSCS um, to get a job because there's just so many out there. So 
I know. Just looking at it, you know, once in a while you pop on the the job board. I'm like, wow, there's like 10, 15 jobs in a couple of days. And back, it's crazy. I'm, I'm sure you could say different, um, something similar, but man, when I was on there, you might get one a week and you're just going to apply for it. And you hope somebody possibly calls you. And it's like, now it's like, well, whatever you want, wherever you want to go, there's, there's some opportunity somewhere. Yeah. And it's crazy. I mean, back when I first started, it was like me, Randy Bird, Amy Friel, Amy Bragg, James Harris, Rob Skinner, you know, a few of us. And it was like, if a job came open every two years, we were like, oh my gosh, a job. Yeah. We were so excited about it. And it, it literally was every couple of years, a job would pop up. It was nuts. And I know on the bench at the conferences here, you know, you say that many people, maybe it's like 10 to 15. Yeah. Yeah. And there was they, I mean, 10 of us. And that's what they say now. It was like over 500 people were a part of that conference or something like that. Yeah. I mean, it was huge. It was awesome to see the growth. And I know we were kind of talking off before we got on here. It's just, you feel like you're getting pulled in a thousand different directions. New, you know, people that you know, new people, people that yep. heard of you, that want to ask questions and see what you're doing right now. Um, you know, it's just a really exciting time because you just have those opportunities to be able to talk shop with other professionals in the field. Yeah. And, uh, you know, like we said before, too, not everyone understands, you know, the same struggles as you're going through that a dietitian will understand. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, you know, you mentioned uh, being a part of several different spaces in athletics, high school, professional, college. Um, I know even you probably dabbled in the private setting. I think the only thing I've done is tactical, but um, <laughs> you kind of bring us through what are some major takeaways or differences, you know, between those different levels of athletics, essentially. It's interesting because um, I thought about this question when when I read it. Um, and one thing that is before I even get to that, it's so interesting. Just looking back, we started at the collegiate level. Mm -hmm. So Joel Totoro was the only full-time dietitian in the NFL at the time back in 2004. So it's like we started in the middle and then worked our way up to the professional level. And so now we have the top end of the jobs and the blueprint and what that looks like. But we need to now go back to the bottom. Like we got to go the other direction. Um, I think the biggest thing at the high school level, they want to know everything. They listen to all the wrong people, um, <laughs> but they want to know the right thing to do. And that's, I appreciate that about that population so much is that they may tell you that they're not, that they don't care, or they may say, or look like they're not listening, but then there'll be the sneaky kid. That's like, Hey, uh, so I stopped drinking energy drinks and I'm like, it's cool. You know, because I want to be like, <laughs> finally, but it's so they're listening and they want to do the right thing. They want things to work. They just get so inundated with false information that I think they feel obligated to believe that they just get lost um, at the collegiate level. Like, I don't even know what that looks like now. It's so it seems like an eternity ago that I was there. But um, when I was at the collegiate level, it was it was where I am at the high school level now. It was the population that wanted to learn, wanted to do the right thing, uh, but also a lot of really bad habits. They're in college and they've had these really bad habits for a really long time. And then they don't get serious about their nutrition and fueling until their senior season yep. <laughs> when it's time to get looked at, you know, with pro scouts and that sort of thing. So that was interesting there. And then at the major league level and pro level um, in baseball, at least um, it was just a lot of fine tuning. So a lot of the guys did see it a value in nutrition because they knew it was going to help 
um, increase their longevity in the sport and it was going to help them recover better, um, reduce the risk of injuries, help them sleep better. All those things that are ultimately going to make them a better athlete and be able to play for a longer period of time. Do you feel like you're constantly at a battle with social media now? Because athletes are constantly on it and there's all these random influencers and quote unquote nutritionists and they're like bringing their phones up to you and say like, hey, look at this. Like, is this right? Is this wrong? Like, what do you think? Yes and no. Yes, it's annoying because I'm like, here we go again. But at the same time, it creates such good conversations uh, that, I mean, we'll end up going off on a tangent in a class and spend 15 minutes talking about liver King. And it's, <laughs> you know, it's, it's all really good stuff. It's all, you know, getting them to really pick apart what is truth and what is just the BS and that. So I, I don't mind it, but at the same time, I'm like, did we not just talk about this, how it doesn't make sense. And so why are we still following that individual? <laughs> It's almost like when you're talking to a dietitian, you're talking through a research article and like, how do you pick through a research article? It's almost now we're in, like, let's say in your course, you could almost have a section of it. How do you navigate through social media? Yes. How do you know what's BS? How do you know what's actually high quality information? It's just almost, it's crazy to think about how it shifts to that point where we may even have to just educate on that section where we've never yeah. thought about that before. Yeah. Yep. So it's, it's fun. I mean, it's, they find the weirdest people to follow. So. Oh yeah. I mean, I had an athlete at a previous facility that was at, I, I could still remember he comes in with this article and he says, Sean, I can't eat fruit anymore. And I'm looking at him like, what do you mean? He's like, yeah, do you see watermelons specifically watermelons? He's like, if you crack open a watermelon and there's this, this big open space in the middle, he's like, it can cause cancer. And I'm looking what? at him. I know something just like out in like left field. And I'm like, no, absolutely not. And then I had to like run through these questions and I just asked him and I was like, do you think this is right or not? And he just kind of went, no, 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 no. And then by the end he goes, yeah, I don't think this is actually a really good article after you ask me all those questions. I was you're like, like, ding, ding, ding. Like no brainer, of course. Yeah, totally. Oh my goodness. Yeah. It's. Uh, how is it working with, um, professional baseball level athletes, a lot of obviously the population um, I know probably comes from like the Latin descent. So maybe possibly um, communication barriers, um, having to obviously allocate foods at their preferences based on what their cultural background and where they're from. Can you speak a little bit on that? Yeah, I actually really enjoyed that part of the job. Um, I loved working with the Latin players. Um, I'm half Mexican myself, so I get that culture and it was just, the language was, I mean, I'm not completely fluent in Spanish, but I could, I can do what I, you know, need to do to communicate and that sort of thing. But it was just, it's interesting just because I think in the States, we get frustrated when people don't do what we want them to do. But working with that culture, it is, it's so ingrained that you can't just change it overnight. And I, and we can't, if someone's trying to lose weight, we can't just uh, change their bad habits in a day. So it's very similar, you know, you have to build that relationship, um, you know, meet them where they're at. And I think I told the story at, you know, at CPSDA about taking the Latin players miniature golfing, yes. you know, and so <laughs> like the minor league players. And so like those guys loved that. And then I took them out to fast food after that. And that may seem like, oh my gosh, how could you do that? Well, guess what? If I need them to hydrate better, they're probably going to do it. Because 
I was willing to stick my neck out and allow them to have a little fun, relax a little bit. We're going to do this something different, but now I need you to help me out. And so will you do better here, here, and here? And I mean, that's just really, it's patience really. And um, yeah. And then when you're planning menus, you just find a Latin restaurant in that city and make sure that there's food available and, and yeah, and most of the time they're only going to eat that, but if you can get them to <laughs> take a multivitamin and hydrate well, then you're probably in a much better spot than you would have been had you tried to force them to eat vegetables. So exactly. Nothing's ever going to be a hundred percent. No, you got to meet them halfway. Um, and I think the major thing there is, you know, a lot of time individuals will get frustrated with athletes. Why aren't yes. you doing this? Why aren't you doing that? Why is it so hard? And I mean, literally to your point, it's you have to get to know them. Yeah. If you don't know them. There's no relationship. There's no bond. There's no trust. They're like, they're still not, they're not going to care about anything that you say no. or anything that you're trying to bring to the table. And some of those behaviors are just so deep rooted. I mean, you could probably say the same, but it's, it's taken me years in some cases to get guys to change one or two things, let yeah. alone change a majority of the things that I've showed them need to be changed. Right. So, just being realistic from that standpoint and also communicating to those staff that want those quick and fast results all right. the time and just show them this is not realistic to happen in like a couple of days. There's so much stuff we have to unravel with the individual. Um, and there may be stuff also deep seated psychologically where we need to bring right. conditioning or sports psych in and maybe they have to work with them first before we can even think about doing anything on our end. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, but yeah, it's fun. It's, you know, just another part of the puzzle and, you know, that's what makes the job interesting. It's never going to exactly, be <laughs> exactly. Totally. Um, so obviously you're in the high school setting now, what, what sparked you to move into that section of sports nutrition? Um, so I'd been teaching part-time at the school since 2017, um, just taught two classes. And so the school president and the academic dean, they were like, let's just see what this looks like. Let's give it a shot. So the first season or the first semester I taught it was fall of 2017 and we had 42 kids sign up. And then since I was working in baseball, I didn't teach in the spring because of spring training and, you know, the season starting. So there was no way I could teach spring. So it was just fall. The following fall, we had 96 kids sign up. So they were like, wow, so this is a hit. And they were like, can you teach four blocks? And I said, nope, I can't. <laughs> I don't want to. Um, so I taught three. Um, and then, you know, from that point, they were like, ever want to consider this full time? I just wasn't ready. Um, and then I started working with the football team in the weight room. Cause I was like, you know what, maybe someday I do want to do this full time. So why don't I see what strength and conditioning looks like here? They didn't have a strength coach at all. Um, and so worked with football, um, and then just kind of grew it from there. And then, uh, 2020, obviously we all know COVID happened and then, uh, was in the bubble and I was like, now's the time. <laughs> Just, <laughs> Here's the transition. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it took my soul. I'm not even going to lie. I'm not even going to try to make light, light of it. It absolutely took my soul. And I was like, I can't do this anymore. So, uh, met with the academic Dean and the school president and they let me write my job description, create my job title. I had a one year, three year, five year plan. I laid out what teams I was going to work with in the weight room. 
um, what classes I wanted to teach. I mean, everything. And they were like, okay, let's do it. So yeah. So 2021, fall of 2021 is when I started. Cause I did go through the 2021 season with the pirates as well, just cause I wanted to get, I wanted to go through one more season where it was semi-normal. Yeah. We're like, is, is, am I going to continue this or is like the dysfunctionalness like too much right now with everything that's yeah. going on? Or it's just like, all right, I'm just really done with this level. Yeah. Like, I don't want to deal with all the long hours and exactly and traveling or whatever comes up with that. Yeah. And I have three boys and it's, you know, they're in the thick of all of their baseball stuff themselves. And I'm like, I don't want to watch other people's kids play baseball anymore. I want to watch my kids play baseball. Yeah. It almost seems, you know, once and it's not just dietitian, I see it with strength coaches and other stuff. Like once you get to a certain point and you have your own family, it's, it's like, what is the next destination? Is it going to be? Yeah high school setting the tactical setting is it going, yeah. to going into private something that's going to give me some more flexibility to be able to spend time with my family because <laughs> we we see in a lot of situations some families aren't together for very long when yeah. having to work 60 80 hours a week and if you're not with an individual or a person that doesn't understand right. athletics or wasn't an athlete before you know sometimes it's it's very challenging and tough to explain them like yeah, I have to be here for this long, or I have to be here for this time, or I have to go on this travels, you know, ordinary individuals that aren't in that space, sometimes just they don't, they don't get it, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. it's tough, for sure. Like the last thing you want to do is tell your boss like, oh, sorry, uh, I can't, I can't work today, or I can't go on this trip. It's like, well, they're going to find another person that probably can right. you. Exactly. And they'll probably find someone for cheaper. <laughs> yes. Um, what do you base your education off of? Like, is there a specific book? Is there specific stuff that you've just accumulated over the years? And that's how you teach. Like, how do you roll out your curriculum? Yeah, I geek out on the research library. I'm not going to lie. The CPSTA research library. That's honestly where I get a lot of stuff. So I have my core units that I teach. So I teach, obviously, carbs, protein, fat, supplements, sleep, nutrition and concussions, and slash brain health eating disorders. We do a fad diets unit, vitamins and minerals unit. So I have all those units. And so now I'm at a point where like, so right now I'm updating my sleep unit. So I'm going to the research library, looking at what new research there is on sleep, um, adding new slides, taking slides out that are dated. Um, and so that's kind of my textbook is the research library, just because I feel like it, that gives you like not textbook stuff. You know, I, I don't want the, just the same thing over and over again that you get from different yeah. books. And I don't give my kids, the students a textbook either. It's, we're learning based on my experiences, based on what I think they need to know, um, that sort of thing. So how do you then take that? Cause I, I think the big challenge a lot, whether no matter what it is with sports nutrition is taking the information and getting them in the space where they're ready to then apply it or know how to apply it. Because we you can tell stories. You absolutely stories, like you, stories is a game changer. Yeah, you have to be a storyteller when you're when you're presenting to to athletes, I think, because just spitting out information is one thing, but giving examples of like this athlete when I was here and this athlete when I was here, personally, this is what works for me, or you play football and this is what I would suggest for you. So like telling stories of what what it looks like for real people and how it ha things have worked and how things have not worked is what really gets them engaged because they don't want to just hear facts. They want to hear how it affected someone else. 
have you implemented any type of like activities or thing where they have to like tactilely do stuff or like get up and do stuff so that it's not just oh yeah because oh yeah you know attention spans nowadays are so minimal it's like if you have one or two slides like they're already checked out it's like how am i gonna what our academics our academics calls anchor anchoring them back in like how are you bringing them back in in between those slides or every couple of slides for example so one thing is they can't have their phones so we have these little phone pouches so when they walk in the classroom they have to put their phones up in their number pouch and so that's one thing in the school has that's a school-wide rule you put your phones up which is hugely helpful um but yeah, we'll do, so if we're talking carbohydrates, we'll do an activity like having them identify. So that I'll give them the sheet of paper listed with like everything from Snickers to Skittles to wheat bread to, and we'll talk through. So they have to circle everything that's got added sugar. They have to underline everything that's natural sugar. They have to, you know what I mean? Like identify what is whole grain. And so then we talk through that. The protein one is super fun because I have all these different foods and serving sizes and they have to say, they have to write down how many grams of protein they think is in per ser- each serving. Mm. And they, I mean, they're so like, far off. <laughs> like, I throw apples on there and stuff and they're like four. I'm like, no, but you know, they're like, is this a trick question? I don't know. Is it a trick question? So, you know, those kinds of activities are fun. And then we do Kahoot's. Um, Kahoot is a really fun program where they, I, I don't know if you're familiar with it. Yeah, it's 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 nice because it's super co- competitive. Yeah. The the thing that's difficult about Kahoot is if a kid is losing, then they're just not going they're going to stop it. Check out. <laughs> yeah. So that's my only problem with that. We do um I call it the Honey Stinger prize pack. So <laughs> <laughs> so we do at the end of each unit, we do a quiz. And then after the quiz, we do a Honey Stinger prize pack game. And so the game is a quiz based on the most random, stupid stuff you can possibly imagine. So like one is on kitchen appliances. One is, and it's like identifying different kitchen appliances. One is on food safety. One is on cooking terms. And they're always like, why are these all about food? I'm like, because eh, it's a nutrition class. <laughs> like, but this is not nutrition related to what we talk about. Like, I know that's the beauty of it. It has nothing to do with what we've talked about, but it gets them like just thinking in a different way. I said, you guys someday are going to be like, oh, I remember that chicken has to be cooked to 165 degrees for my nutrition class. You're welcome. So, you know, I'm like, those are the random facts you guys are going to remember someday. You're going to know what a double boiler is because you had to identify it in my class. You're going to be thankful when you're at a restaurant, a trivia game, and all of a sudden you're like, oh my gosh, she taught me this like 10 years ago. I she know. I know the answer right now. <laughs> yeah, it's so funny. Yeah. So I'll do different activities like that. Um, I don't do tests. We do nutrition bingo. So they get a big old bingo card and you can make bingo online, which this is the beauty of, I mean, you can do anything online now. So I made bingo and it's like, I think I have like, maybe 60 call numbers or call words. And so it might be like DHA. And so I read, so they all have their bingo cards and I'll say, all right, this is the omega-3 that is primarily found in the brain and retina. Oh, and then, then they, they have to like hit DHA. Well, or like well yeah. So then they have to take their M&M or their Skittle and put it on DHA. <laughs> and you had evidence and Skittle. So that's another bind right there. Totally. It's <laughs> so fun. One. <laughs> it's so fun. So then it's not a test or a quiz, but they still have to know the answer. 
Yes. Because it's bingo. And of course they want to win. So yeah. I like the creativity there. I wrote a couple I wrote a couple of those down. The talk with academics to bring to the table. <laughs> yeah. I think totally. they like that too. Um we, we do a couple of things on that and we we'll track like meal and cell phone compliance. And okay. then this year all we did was if you had the best compliance for the month, the chef would make you any meal that you want. Oh, that's cool. Any dessert, drink, food, whatever you wanted, didn't matter what it was, they would make it. Um, and then next year, my plan is to do um, a team competition. So that so that would be – you get your individual winner, and then you get your team winner. And then whoever has the best compliance at the end of the month, um, we'll do some kind of like post-lift post or post-practice, I don't know, ice pops, smoothies, I don't know, food truck, something kind of fun like that. Um, just to get them to continue to keep competing and keeping on top of it yeah. and just doing what they're supposed to do, re rewarding the team and the people that are working really hard and doing what they're supposed to do, you're going to get it. If you don't want to work hard and you don't want to put the effort into it, well, I'm sorry, you're probably not going to get the prize. Yeah. Or since there's that team perspective, if your teammates not do what they're supposed to do and you want to win the prize because you see the other team winning it, more often than not, they're probably going to get on the individual like to pick yeah. it up. And this is at your high school, at the high school or at college? Um, so this is at the facility that I work at. Over okay. Okay. Got it. Got it. Yep. So we're trying to find all these different creative ways to, yeah. to help from that perspective, because a lot of things we see used in the past, for example, may not work anymore. So we're right. having to be really creative and think outside the box and, and just understand like, what is going to motivate this generation's athlete compared to like 10, 20 years ago. Yeah. That would have sure. before because it is yeah. light years difference in some cases. Yes, it is. That's a great, those are great ideas. Um, oh, another question I want to ask because obviously I know besides nutrition, you're you do the strength conditioning part. Now, my fiance is also a, a strength and conditioning coach. Um, any feedback for other female strength coaches that want to get into the field or currently in the field? Um, I know sometimes, you know, just from feedback, sometimes that she gives me, it could be challenging working in that environment um, as a female staff or a female coach. Yeah, it can be, but um, I think just stay positive, you know, because it, it's easy to, we, we hired a new football strength coach, which I'm so glad, so I don't have to do football anymore. And he literally does the same things that I did when I was a strength coach for football, but he's huge and has big muscles. <laughs> and I'm like, and the boys are like, oh, he's so smart. We're doing this. And I'm like, that's cool. Like, I'm glad. I love that you guys love him. I think he's great. That's awesome. Like, I cannot change that. I'm never going to look like him. Yep. Like, I'm I'm going to be small and I'm always going to be a female. Shoot. So, but I'm okay with that. As long for me, as long as the right message is getting across. They're doing the right thing. They're not getting hurt and they're making progress. I'm good. And, and so, you know, as females, sometimes we can get territorial and we get a little jealous, at least for me, I know I can be that way sometimes, but you know what? I'm too old for that. Like, I'm just glad that there's someone else to help support. And so I say, just keep plugging along, keep learning. Um, you know, I'm almost 43 and I'm still taking like strength and conditioning courses or speed stuff or whatever. Cause I mean, maybe you have that one thing, that one piece of knowledge that other people don't have. And you know, it's, it's valuable. So. Yeah. It's like finding, finding a way to make yourself unique and set yourself apart. And and how are you going to bring something to, let's say that strength and conditioning group or 
also what you said there as well is we're just here for one goal and that's to support and help the athlete. So how, how right. do we get on the same page to be able to do that? No matter who the personality is, what right. the differences are, like we need to do it for them at the end of the yeah. day. Yeah. And find your thing to specialize in. So like, I really, really, really love doing speed training. Like that's, I love doing that stuff. And so, you know, that's kind of my happy place. And so, you know, mm-hmm. whatever any male or female, whatever they, are really passionate about it's cool to to kind of specialize in the strength and conditioning world too so yeah how do you how what do you think we should do to get more dietitians in the high school space i mean i I think this is a a literally an untapped arena like there's there's hardly any dietitians that i know that work in high school that are full-time obviously we have people like tavis who's doing a great job with my sports dietitian you know he's trying to help um from that respect um, but you know, obviously also consulting can only do so much too. Right. You having that full-time presence in place and being able to be in their space frequently, or if not daily, like in your case, definitely makes a night and day difference. So how, what do you feel we need to do to get to that point, to have those people in those spaces? Yeah, I think a huge thing is changing the narrative. So for so many years, People say, oh, I work with high school athletes or I work with certain this high school. Well, okay, working with a high school and working in a high school are not the same. And even at CPSCA, you know, I have people ask, like, how do you get into a high school? Well, okay, do you want to get in the high school or do you want to work with the high school? So it's it's really just there's so much more to it. And so you have to change what it looks like. I'm a teacher. At the end of the day, I'm a school teacher. I'm a dietitian and I'm a sports dietitian and I'm a certified strength and conditioning specialist, but I'm a school teacher. So I teach nutrition classes. I teach weight training classes. I teach speed, agility, and plyometric class. Like I'm at prom chaperoning. I'm, you know, moderating powder puff. I'm substitute teaching for another teacher. So it's, I'm in it in a different way than I think people realize. And so I'm not just doing team talks. I'm not doing a bunch of one-on-ones. It's you take my class. This is where you learn about it. You can see me anywhere around school. I'm probably not going to go to your practice. I'm probably not going to go to your sporting event unless it is the same sport my kids play. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I just, you know, like, I love you all and I want to support you. Here's how we're going to learn. And this is what it looks like. I'm not making recovery stuff for everyone. It's going to be for the teams that I work with in the weight room, which is boys, girls, basketball and baseball. So, but I can, I'm still able to build relationships with the cross country kids and the tennis kids and whatever other sport mm-hmm. that needs me. I can build those relationships because they have me in class and they see me every day. So I think that the, the thing we need to do is actually get jobs in high schools. And I don't, I think a lot of people are scared because they, they're like, well, I just want to do consulting. That's fine. And and that's going to be your impact consulting. So I didn't want that. I didn't want to just be a consultant. I wanted to be in the school with my kids. I wanted to live it with them every day. Cause I've done that at the major league level. I've done it at the collegiate level. And so so yeah, I think getting people to understand working with a school or in a school, which do you want? 
it's yeah what what do you want because if you're going to fully invest it sounds like you're going to obviously have to do other yeah. things that you may have not done or you may not want to do and if that's not for you then you have to be able to know that going into the situation yeah. like if you don't yeah. want to possibly teach or possibly do some other stuff that's going to be involved with that high school that's going to make up your whole job to actually get you a job in that space then yeah. you gotta really think about how you're going to approach that yeah. that's your goal is yeah and my passion is to get dietitians in high schools not working with so i don't necessarily have the answer mm -hmm. for people who say how do you start working with a high school i don't really know because that's not my passion my passion is getting you in there full time if that's what you i i know the answer to that but i don't i don't know because athletic directors don't want to pay money to have someone come in and talk to their football team like they just want you to do it for free and you might get one or two kids from that as you know, clients on the side and you might get a little bit of word of mouth, but I mean, so yeah. So does it seem then like maybe as a first possible option, like going through the acad academics team, going through and maybe having conversations with parents that are local to that area to see general interest and then maybe conversations kind of spark from there? Yeah. And it's definitely not like, hey, I want to be full time. I literally started out teaching two classes. Yeah. And I think that's what what dietitians who want to work with high schools freak out about too. I don't want to teach. It's two hours a day. If you have the whole day and you're doing private practice anyway, most of your clientele is in school. So why wouldn't you offer to teach a couple yeah, classes? You did two classes in the morning, right? And all, all your rest of your people are in the afternoon and like, yeah, <laughs> that works. Yes. So, so yeah. So I would start slow like that meet with an academic dean um because i was telling someone at cpsda every school needs new electives like there's only so many times kids can take oceanography or financial planning or forensics you know and there's only in before the the academic department is like we need some new options we just need something fresh we need something new and so that's it's it's helpful because like i said Talking with ADs are like, oh, yeah, yeah, that sounds great. I'll get back to you. And then they're like, can you come here and uh, do it for free? And we promise you'll get a few, uh, you know, a few players from a free talk. It's like, no, my time is valuable at the end of the day. Yeah, <laughs> like, no doubt. I, know, I understand I have to show value to you. I get that. But then that's, that's going to have to come with a cost at a certain exactly. extent to a certain time. Yeah. But I think what you kind of demonstrated there is so you, you got yourself in, you did two classes. It showed a lot yeah. of value. It then was seen by multiple people within the school, which then they then pursued you for more opportunities that you can provide. And then that's essentially you're doing what you can do and what you can control. And if you're doing that very well for the couple hours that you were received, people are going to see that at the end of the day. Absolutely. Notice. Absolutely. And you can make such a bigger impact when you have a classroom of 22 kids versus in, in an hour versus one kid in an hour. Exactly. You're hitting, you're hitting a lot more. And then that kid's going to another student that they might know that students may be going to their parents. Oh, yeah. know. So it's just, it's like social media, right? Like you're trying yes. to get, get out to all the communities within your community to spread yep. the word to a certain extent. And, and if enough of those community members agree, well, you're probably going to be in a pretty good position for them to right. continue on with you. Exactly. Exactly. It's a huge plus. Um, and I like kind of what you said there too, like having stuff that's fresh, you know, one of the places I was at prior when I first got there, I remember the first workshops I went into, 
and the kids were just like, oh, we're learning about this again. Yeah. Doing this topic again. So I ended up coming up with the system where I am polling them. And I was like, here's, here's all the possible topics we could talk about. And I started out at the very beginning, like, let me know what you want to talk about. And then I ended up putting it into a curriculum, which I call um, like your body is your business model. So we have, Oh, that's cool. We have like uh, the basement floor one, two, three, and then we have the penthouse. So then I can basically tell them like, okay, well, we're going to talk about carbohydrates first because that's the base before we can talk about pre pregame fueling or how to put together a performance. Yeah. Like, and then I'll usually like go and test them. Like, Hey, can you tell me what a carb is? Hey, do you know what a carbohydrate is? And then basically just go around the room to see what the general knowledge base is, or I've also done where I've also tested them too, to kind of see if they, they know it as well. And then that, it gives them feedback where, Hey, 80% of you have no clue what this is, but you're all telling me you want to talk about these higher level topics, right? This is a key example where I can't talk about these topics because you're not showing me via what you answered with that you even know what this basic level stuff is. Right. So then, it's, so then they can't come back at you and say, well, we just want to go to this. Well, there's a progression here. Right. You're never going to understand any of this until we, until we get past these points. That's really cool. I like that. Yeah. I, uh, Part of that kind of um, term I got, I, I worked with a leadership coach um, at IMG Academy and oh yeah, did like a dual talk one day. So he kind of, I talked about the nutrition side and how it can help with building your body. And then he talked about the leadership side, building your business. And then kind of that That's technology cool. came together and then just ended up working because nowadays with NIL, <laughs> yeah. How do you make money for yourself and your name and likeness? But also too, if you want to play sports for a long period of time, how are you going to take care of yourself to invest in your business to be able to be be in that position for a long period of time too? Which go yeah. ahead. Totally. That's awesome. I like that. So we're winding down here. Kind of last question I wanted to ask you is there maybe one person that you recommend someone can go to right now that would be amazing to reach out to um, that would be an instant resource for them um, in the field of nutrition? Ooh, like a professional? It could be any practitioner that you're like, oh man, gosh. this person, you go talk to them for five, 10 minutes, like they're going to be a game changer for you. Oh my goodness. There's, I only get to pick one? You get to pick one. Oh my gosh. I know, I got you there. <laughs> that is so hard. I feel like I'm going to hurt people's feelings if I don't say their name. And anyone she doesn't say, we're giving you much love, but- Seriously? Okay. Um, no, I think I'm going to plead the fifth here because I don't like, there's so many people. There's so many, I mean, like Rob, Rob Skinner and my whole, we have a, this little thread there where the retired are, it's <laughs> R-E-T-I-R-D, like we're retired. So it's like Peggy and Joel and Beth Wolfram and Randy Bird and Kelly Rossi, like Scott Sainer, like we're all on this thread. And that's actually like, that's, that group is probably my, that whole group is that those are my people. Like that's, that's the people right there. We'll say this. Don't be afraid to reach out to individuals, DM them, oh. up, have a conversation. Like you never know where that conversation is going to go. That could put you in a better position or even a contact for another contact later on. It's so true. Um, 